0: Hi and welcome to Cello Emoji Chats. I'm your host Liz Lee, otherwise known as Cello Emoji, and I'm here to talk about tips and tools to help you on your cello journey. Hello and welcome to episode number four of Cello Emoji Chats. And today I figure would be a good time to talk about mental toughness. Now, I recently read this article from Strings Magazine, um, and it talked about mental toughness and how to perform optimally under pressure. And I think this is a really good topic to talk about because especially over these last couple years with these unique situations, I think having mental toughness is A, sometimes hard to practice, and B, it's just become more relevant um, and more important to address uh, because I think it is something that is often not discussed, uh, whether it is out of just a taboo topic to talk about or whether it is just something that is considered you should be able to handle this. And I do think that uh, there are many resources out there that if you need someone as like a mentor, a therapist, um, you should seek that out. You should not feel ashamed that you need extra help outside of just yourself. So I want you to picture this. You are performing a Bach cello suite. Let's be a little bit more precise. How about the third cello suite, and you are in the middle of a courant, which is the fastest movement of a box suite, and you are getting into the second half. Uh, The courant is split into two halves, the first half and second half, and you're getting into the second half, and before you know it, you forgot a note. You forget how do you get back to the repeat sign, or even how do you even end the movement? It's just completely blank. And this is what happened to me. I was performing a Bach third cello suite, Courant, and I completely blanked out. It was like as if there were no notes whatsoever in my brain. And it was terrifying. It was that moment where you have to make two decisions. (laughs) Do you just end it there? Or do you circle back to the beginning? And I just circled back to the beginning and I prayed that I would just somehow remember things or that my body would remember things. And fortunately, I just managed to scrape through to the end. It was not a pretty performance, but it was terrifying because I don't think I was prepared for something like that ever happening. I mean, how can you ever expect that you're going to be performing and then you just completely blank out? There is no. Uh, no one on the, the wings that's going to cue you <laughs> or give you any hints about things that you have forgotten. You just have to kind of make your way through and hope for the best. Now, this is not something that I just roll out of bed and I just immediately knew that if I blanked out that I just needed to restart somewhere. Um, this came out of hours of practicing and running through things and knowing that sometimes I have memory slips. And when that happens to mark in my music, hey, this is the note that I need to remember to play. Or, okay, worst case scenario, I'm just going to start this section over again. And is that really considered mental toughness? Perhaps not. I, I kind of view it more as like mental preparedness. I am trying to prepare for the worst case scenario and I think this is really important to remember is that mental toughness is a bunch of different things to different people and Noah Kagayama who this article talks about from Strings magazine he is a known psychologist um, w- from Juilliard works a lot with Juilliard students and uh, musicians all over the world and um, he states that mental toughness is a variety of mental skills and strengths as a musician and these are skills and strengths that you can call upon during pressure including playing confidently and on the edge willing to take risks and not merely playing tentatively or safely Ability to lead a section in an orchestra rather than take a back seat to another first. Ability to bounce back from mistakes. Ability to put a long-term goal ahead of short-term satisfaction. Believing in yourself and believing that you have something to offer. Going on stage and do what it is you are capable of doing, not letting anything get in the way of it. And so these are just a few things that are listed, but... Okay, let's let's be a little bit more relevant to say just an amateur cello player who you may not even be in the professional world yet. Maybe you are just learning to play your cello and you are uh taking lessons. And then sometimes maybe your teacher has like group class settings. These are the times that it is easy to say, "Okay, I need to play confidently." and willing to take risks Um, but it's really hard to execute when you're under pressure sometimes we just want to take the safe route and we just want to um, make sure we just don't make any mistakes i do think that there are a couple things in here that are relevant to say a cello performer that is important to note like what will you do if you're playing and suddenly your cello end pin slips because let's be real, that definitely happens. Or your cello end pin sinks. Or your strings suddenly go out of tune. Or uh, you almost drop your bow, or practically drop your bow. Or maybe even sometimes drop your bow. And I wish I could say that these things have never happened to me, but they have all happened to me. And as a performer... As a student, even I mean that is something that it's just terrifying you're you're going through a performance and all of these things are happening, and you're just like how how do you prepare for that you it's really hard to prepare for that, but then I have figured for myself instead of just having a blank brain like that memory slip I had in the box, I have to have a game plan when I am practicing on my own, I am making sure that I have a checklist that when the worst case scenario things happen i will try my best to go through this list to get myself back on track i recently saw this beautiful performance of the elgar cello concerto and the soloist is fantastic and in the middle of a slow movement of the concerto her cello slipped i mean it was a pretty bad slip she recovered beautifully she was playing through it. I mean, she just grabbed her cello and, like, stuck it in the ground again. But even after that happened, you could tell that there's a little bit of, like, a unsettled feeling. And some of the, the next few phrases were a little bit wobbly. And, you know, her brain's not really concentrating on the performance, but instead concentrated on, is my cello going to do this again? And that's really hard to take your brain away from that. So... This is also partly why like when I perform, I usually make sure that I am always playing with a cello rock stop because that is definitely something that has happened to me so many times as a performer that I cannot afford to have that happen again because that is really unsettling for myself. So I make sure to, you know, make sure that that can't ever happen to me. But is it really mental toughness? that I'm practicing or is it just performance practice? So in the in a previous episode, I talked about how do you prepare for a performance? How do you make sure that your performance goes well? And I think mental toughness kind of goes hand in hand with that. It doesn't matter if you're performing for just a lesson or if you're performing in front of an audience. There is something about the mentality of how do you set yourself up for success? And If you have a teacher, you also have to make sure your teacher is helping you out with that as well. I think a teacher is important to give you the skills to be able to play whatever piece you want. But I think it's also important to talk to them about things like, okay, what do I do when I'm so nervous that I can barely play or feel like I'm going to break down, or some people feel like they have to like vomit before they have replay. I mean, I think some of these things um, are important to address and to ask your teacher um, and others around you, like, what do you do when you feel like this? Mental toughness also means I feel like to have a little bit of vulnerability like that to acknowledge like, hey, I am not indestructible, but I am going to take steps to make sure that I can become a little bit tougher, a little bit more used to playing. And I, and I am not a therapist and I am not a psychologist. And I do understand and fully acknowledge that there are situations that I will never understand. Um, I do know that there are many performers out there that struggle very much with performer anxiety. Um, and they have to take steps to make sure that they're able to perform. And there is nothing wrong with that. Everybody has to do their thing to make sure they are healthy when they perform. But that's the thing is at least you're taking steps to do something. Mental toughness is something that you have to work on. It is not something to just say, well, I just get performance anxiety and that is the end of that Um, Every person I know that has a tough time performing, myself included sometimes, that we all take steps to try to make performing a little bit easier. So that means playing for more people, great. If you have a smartphone, iPad, laptop, you probably have a recorder on it and probably have a, a camera on it and I would challenge you to record yourself. I will guarantee you every time you push that button record, you're probably feeling a little bit more uncomfortable than if you were just playing for an empty room. That in itself is a feeling that is really hard to recreate in just an average practice session. And the more you feel that, the more used to it you will feel and you will also understand like, okay, this is what happens when I feel nervous or when I feel a little bit anxious. Um, I don't think it is enough to merely acknowledge that you get performance anxiety, but I challenge you to think about, okay, well, this is what happens. How can I overcome this? That is, I think, showing a little bit of toughness, taking steps to make a difference in your life. Um, I don't think it is really anyone's place to say, well if you do this, this, and this, then you should be able to perform successfully because everybody is a little bit different. Everybody has their own inner critic. And to say that, oh, you just need to just do it and think positively, sometimes that's hard for people. And I fully acknowledge that. But I also think, well, you also have to Maybe fake it till you make it. Fake that positivity is what I mean. you <laughs> know you can't fake playing, obviously like you you have to practice and do all the preparation that you can. Mental toughness will also translate to confidence. like you'll feel more confident the more you practice. Perhaps for those of you who are feeling more anxious about things, that means you just need to practice more. you know i I think that there are many situations that would take more than just a single podcast episode to address. Um, But I do think that you can acknowledge, okay, this is what happens and this is what I'm going to do about it. Um, To just merely say, this is my problem and wait for someone else to tell you how to solve it, that that's going to, probably not give you any solution whatsoever. And perhaps what you can do too is find situations that you can put yourself in that are slightly more uncomfortable. Now, this doesn't even necessarily have to involve other people. Um, I've known some people who had performance anxiety, and then they just decided to every day record themselves and put it up on social media. Not because they needed like vanity metrics, but because it helped them overcome their fear of performing. Or perhaps I have some other friends who are like, hey, I know you're not playing this instrument, but I would like to play for you so that you can listen to me and perhaps give me feedback. Um, they're seeking out other opportunities to overcome their anxiety and become better at performing, and to toughen up their brain. Now, earlier I did list about a whole bunch of things that happens to cellists. (laughs) There's even some humorous videos out there of like all the things that can possibly happen to a cello player while performing, and they all do happen. Um, It is very painful, and obviously it's not something that you can practice for, but I think some of those things are are things you can prevent from happening. Um, you can take steps in your preparation to give your your brain more confidence before you perform. So, for example, make sure you have a rock stop. I make sure my rock stop's not one of those uh, free uh, like puck like things on the floor, but I make sure it's a strap because it's strapped to a chair, so that thing is not going to move. Um, I make sure my cello is in tune, that I have time in the place that I'm performing so that my cello can get accustomed to whatever the temperature the place is, because trust me, there's been times when you're going from sub-zero temperature into a room that's extremely hot or vice versa, and that definitely affects the, the tuning of the cello. I make sure my end pin is super tightened, Like I double check that even before I go right out on stage because a loose end pin is the worst thing that can happen because it's just a slow and painful drop. Um, Or uh, things like what happens to your hands before you play? Everybody has their own thing. Like they're too hot, they're too cold, they get sweaty. Um, You can take steps to help your physical body before performance. So I don't think that I have a big solution to mental toughness. (laughs) I wish I did. Um, But I do think that it is something to acknowledge here in this podcast um, to talk about it as a performer, as a musician. It doesn't matter if you are an amateur player or a pro player of music. We all have these situations where uh, your brain... Is going to tell you, hey, you can't do this, and you have to find a way out of that. So, this is merely an open conversation, um, and if there are thoughts about how people address mental toughness, please reach out. Um, you can email me, or and and let me know what do you do to get mentally tough. Um, this is something I think athletes deal with every single day, and. I know it's a little bit cliche, but musicians are athletes too in that sense. Like we still have to perform under pressure under high competitive situations. Um, And the mental capacity of a performer, whether it's an athlete or a musician, like that is something that has to be honed and has to be developed and has to be nurtured. I won't pretend to say that I always have the most perfect performances ever and that my brain is never thinking negative thoughts. But I'll just mention a few things here that I do to try to keep myself in a positive light before I perform. First off, it sounds really cheesy, but you do have to say, I can do this multiple times right before you do it. Uh, days before you do it, every time you approach a practice session, I try to think a little bit of like, okay, I just need to do this. Or imagine the perfect performance scenario. I definitely do this a lot too, where I'm like, okay, if if everything went right, you know, like I would look perfect and I would play perfect. <laughs> I mean, that's a grossly general thing. I, I probably think actually more in detail of like specifically what am I wearing how are these passages going to go? Um, I imagine these scenarios and I, I keep envisioning that. I think trying to picture that and envision the perfect performance can often lead to that as well too. That That's just my belief. Um, other things too, I do think of worst case scenarios. And this is something I challenge my students all the time. Okay, say you're going and... Um, you have an extremely long note with this one bow. What are you going to do if you start running out of bow? And oftentimes students are like, I don't, I don't know. And I'm like, well, you just change your bow, right? Because at the end of the day, if you run out of bow, it's going to make a bad sound. And ultimately we're out here to make beautiful music and beautiful sounds. So you have to just change your bow. And that happens to me too, um, In orchestra situations, you don't even have time to ponder, like, did I play this passage right or not? Because the rest of the orchestra is going on. So you just have to pick yourself up and keep going. And in that situation, um, I do think that you have to practice more at home, obviously, but there is something to be said for Those of us who can just pick ourselves up and keep going. There is no time to stop and linger and think about it. And it is all too easy to do this during solo music, which is why um, it is so hard to practice this because we are trained to stop and to go over things when things don't go right. So definitely in my practice, I practice just playing all the way through no matter what. Um, I turn on a recorder. I definitely record myself and listen to myself. Um, And it's hard to sometimes mentally separate emotions from analysis of what you're doing. But the more you do it, sometimes you can kind of look at it with an objective eye on things. And the more objective you can get about things, then it is a little bit easier to become tougher at it. Finally, I just have to remind myself that if a performance doesn't go so well, while it totally sucks, and I fully acknowledge that, it is also not the end of the world. Um, There will be future performances. There will be future opportunities. And to just think negatively all the time, like, this is it. This is my everything. Or after a performance, just say, well, that sucked and that's all you ever think about, then that's just leading you down a darker path. And when I hear my students perform or play for me in a lesson, I'm always like, okay, think of three positive things that happened here and maybe one or two things that you can improve on. I never say one or two things that went bad. <laughs> that's, that's that's the worst thing you can say is like, what went bad? Because then... You could put anything underneath there. But instead, what can you improve on gives you a more concrete step in action on how to get better. And I think that is a more constructive way of thinking of things is like, what can I do to get better? Um, and you'll find more success that way rather than just think of all the bad things. Because I mean, sometimes things happen that, sure, you just had no control over or may have been a fluke that just like was a one-time thing. So I don't necessarily have a concrete answer for mastering mental toughness. But hopefully this just opens up the conversation and gives you a few steps for yourself to think about on how can you make yourself take the steps to become a little bit tougher in the mind. Whether this means seeking help from others, whether this means having a more concrete performance practice, thinking of worst case scenarios and how to get out of those worst case scenarios. um, This is just opening up the conversation so that you can start thinking about it. Because I do think that whether you are an amateur player or a professional player, everybody has to address this and everybody needs um, their own solution to that. So I know this is a bit of a more serious conversation (laughs) for this podcast episode, but it is one that is important and one that should be addressed. So let me know uh, if you have some solutions that I haven't talked about here. Um, I would love to hear your input on it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Emoji Chats. I hope that you found it encouraging and enlightening that For all that you see out on social media and out in the public world, everybody has to deal with honing and building a sense of mental toughness to overcome all of these challenges. And once you can take some steps to do that and to give yourself a little bit more of a concrete path to that, you're going to find that um, it's just going to keep growing. It is always going to be a work in progress and that's okay. That means that we're growing as people and as performers. All right, until next time, guys, cello on.